0: today is wednesday november 2nd 2022 this is quick start from cbn news i'm dan andros the fcc commissioner calls on the government to ban tiktok we'll have that top story and more on today's podcast we're bringing news from a christian perspective joining me as always trey Agon's phillips billy hallowell from cbn's faithwire help us get through the news of the cray it's crazy out there what's going on fellas happy hump day
1: living the dream right already to wednesday
0: what's the coffee level what are we at uh, four three six eight three ish three ish
2: i think two and a half two and a half will be two conservative. and a half okay
0: all right fair enough fair enough well a lot going on uh, as always and um on the main thing gloria Gaynor, i will survive y'all know that one i'm talking about her fate there Uh, And there's also uh, there's an interesting piece from the Atlantic wanting to declare a pandemic amnesty with some comments on that as well coming up. But first, uh, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. A group of illegal immigrants, they crossed into the U.S. waving large Venezuelan flags and uh, they attacked Border Patrol agents. And then this was as they were being pushed back into the river as the agents were using crowd control tactics. Uh, you could see in video some of these migrants um, as they were crossing in, uh, the agents pushing back as they fired pepper balls uh, near them to try to control the crowd. This, this all comes shortly after the Biden administration has clashed with Arizona's governor uh, and claimed they were trespassing because they were using the shipping containers to fill in gaps in the border wall. So, ongoing border chaos happening now here ahead of the election. And Israelis, they went to the polls yesterday in record numbers. Voters speaking with CBN News Israel said the most important thing is to come out with a government that's stable and able to stay in power. This is the fifth time in less than four years they're voting, and they told CBN that they're tired of it. You can check out more over at CBNNews.com. And Brendan Carr. One of five commissioners at the FCC told Axios in an interview that the government should ban TikTok because of how many users they have and that it's owned by a Chinese parent company. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more
2: over at CBNnews.com. guys, are you guys concerned about TikTok? I kind of am because I have an account, an account, but I don't really use it, so then I'm kind of yeah. not because I'm like they won't bother with me. I post one video a year.
1: Yeah, I, it, it's something that I go back and forth on because I, <laughs> I have TikTok, but again, I don't use it very often, so it just kind of sits there on my phone, and then every <laughs> once in a while, someone will send me something, and I've deleted the app like three times. Same. And then I'll have friends that send me something. It's like, ugh, yeah, gotta give the hassle of re-downloading this, but I don't know, maybe I. <laughs> I should just not have it on my phone. Yeah, I
0: I feel like I don't know the technology well enough to understand how afraid I should be. (laughs) What are they doing with this stuff? Because um, 200 million people have this thing. And who knows what kind of technology? I mean, I'll just throw this out there. I, I mean, I was looking up a solo stove. I don't even know if I was looking it up or if I was just talking about it. And then again, those ads po- start popping up all over my screen for solo stoves. And this podcast is not brought to you by Solo Stove today, but they're they're great. All my <laughs> friends who have one, they're awesome. They do the double burn thing, the smoke on the fire pit. It's great. But anyway, the point is, like, what can they do with this technology? I mean, if it's that sophisticated for ads and things like yeah. that, what does China and in this in these apps that we don't know about
2: you know more so than the technology you could argue they're gathering information i think the most sinister part of it and the fear is that you have americans i think there were like three percent of americans were getting their news from tiktok according to pew in 2020 that's well, right, but that's up to 10% of Americans now and like huge proportions of young people getting their news from TikTok. So that's when it gets scary because are they inserting information in there? Are they putting things in to try to mess up, you know, po- politics and elections? I think that's one of the big areas of concern. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think the the way that it skews culture is, is what's actually – Potentially problematic, particularly when it's you know around election season, and even on social issues. Right, the the videos. What videos are they elevating and escalating? Are they suppressing certain content uh, and elevating others that uh, that advance a certain worldview? But we see all kinds of social media platforms doing that all the time. And then I also wonder, maybe the naive side of me, I, even if I deleted TikTok. <laughs> I feel like everybody knows absolutely everything about us yeah. anyway, because we've got any any number of other social media platforms.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, 100%. And then what would libs of TikTok do if they banned TikTok? I mean, we wouldn't get all these libs of TikTok account, uh, <laughs> videos going on. But uh, guys... become libs of reels. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I, real quick, I want to shift gears here, guys, and talk about this column uh, that appeared in The Atlantic, For just a minute here, which it was entitled, It's caused a lot of controversy. I wanted to get your guys reaction to this. It said, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. And it's by Emily Oster. And I'm not familiar with Emily. And so from what I've read so far, you know, she had, um, you know, some some, she had views uh, uh, on during the pandemic time that were not what I would call, you know, far left views of trying to lock down everything and overly afraid. Like she wasn't in that boat, but you see people using this headline and this story to sort of try to soften the blow as we're starting to see now these older takes that happened, you know, like, ah, you and your freedom, just suck it up and take the lockdown and close down your business. You know, that, that sort of heavy handed vibe that was happening during the pandemic. Um, you know, it seems like people now want to get a pass. Like, oh, let's just let bygones be bygones, you know. Uh, people <laughs> lost everything during this pandemic. People, they had loved ones die, and they weren't allowed to go in and see them before they died. I mean, this this stuff happened over and over. Meanwhile, as the elites were skirting those rules over and over again. Um, so this is... I don't know. This is one of those things that is not it's not going over well the sentiment. As Christians, you know, of course we should forgive, but there has to be an apology there, not just a hey, let's just pretend that didn't happen.
2: Well, I think I think that, yeah, we have to forgive and we have to start there, not allowing ourselves to be overtaken by anger. Right. No matter where you are on that on that discussion. But I do think, you know, there needs to be an acknowledgement and an apology because we're going to repeat the same mistake again if we don't actually talk about it. And I'm still walking around talking to people and they're still buying a lot of the same lines yeah. that were are given. So, yeah, it's it's problematic.
1: Yeah, I mean, I so I just recently lost my grandpa. And one of the things that I was so struck by when we were at the hospital is that we as a family, as a bunch of us, cousins, grandkids, aunts and uncles, all that, we were able to go in and see him before he passed away. And it just made me think of all the people in 2020 who had to die by themselves, some not even with a spouse or next of kin. Uh, and it seems like takes like this are, are an attempt to try to skirt accountability for really, I mean, just the horrible way we treated human beings uh, during this.
0: hundred percent. I think of that video, I I think it was in the UK when someone was at a funeral and they had the chairs all distance and the the mom or whoever it was with the spouse was upset and getting emotional and someone moved their chair over to sit next to him and they, and they rushed in and said, you can't do that. I mean, that is, that is some wicked stuff right there. And, um, but the the tenor of the column here is like, well, look, we just didn't know. We just didn't know. Well, if you didn't know, why would you make these, you know, condemnations and these shaming, like oh, you're killing people all of stuff. If you didn't know, either way, this is not good. You know, like you are you were if you're trying to plead ignorance, you can't do that because now that means you were overly aggressive and overly opinionated out of ignorance. That doesn't absolve you from it at all.
2: Well, all people have to say is, you know, we did our best in the moment. We were wrong, and this doesn't dismiss everything that happened. You know, like have some humility. The whole time, all that was needed was humility. We don't know how to deal with this. We've never dealt with it before. Here we are. We tried to do the right thing, and maybe we made bad mistakes along the way. The fact that people can't even say that, I think, like we made a mistake. We made an error is deeply problematic and is not going to I, appease people. I actually yeah. think a little humility goes a long way.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I just to say, I'm when I'm talking about that, I'm thinking of the people and the Christians. There were plenty of them out there that was saying, you aren't loving your fellow man if you don't do X, Y, and Z. Um, and I, I think it's that sort of heavy handedness that we saw from Christians, plenty of them, leaders in the Christian community that Um, Now they're just trying to walk back from that without really offering an apology. And I think, you know, if you're admitting that, well, we just didn't know, you know, Uh, we didn't know what we were doing, like for you to shame other Christians and saying they aren't being Christian um, for, you know, either not getting the vaccine or not supporting a government mandate or any list of things. um, It just seems like that apology needs to be there. And like you said, that that humility.
1: Yeah, well, I think the the tunnel vision, it was just awful throughout all as if there is only one priority. COVID was it. There was no other thing that anybody could be going through. And I hope maybe, I don't know, in retrospect, maybe an outcome, a positive outcome will be as believers in particular. Maybe we can be a little wiser when something, if something like this happens again, say, look, this is a priority. But there's also a whole lot of other priorities and we need to be loving and compassionate by considering all of them, instead of just one,
0: right? And maybe can I really, really, yeah, really quickly
2: it.
1: just say, yeah. I think on the other side too, there
2: were people and they were around me. I knew some of them who were believers who were being very dismissive of people, yeah, sure, who had concerns. Sure, right? yeah. so I think it runs on both sides. I, I think agree. We do have to, you know, mocking totally. people who wear masks and that kind of thing. You know? I
0: totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more on that. Absolutely. But all right, let's go into the next one here. And there is a new survey that has some stunning findings about, about what Americans, how they view, um Right and wrong. So, what did it say?
2: Yeah, this is this is really interesting. It's the America's Value Study from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, and they've put out a number of. I think this is the fourth report in this um, value study, but they asked a really interesting question. They asked Americans, you know, what do you believe America's foundation for, for determining right and wrong should be? Where should it come from? And they were given a number of options: the Bible what respondents feel is right in their hearts. So like your feelings or majority rule and the largest proportion, 42% said that they believe what people feel in their heart should guide and determine what is right and wrong in America. Uh, 29% said majority rule and 29% said the Bible. Um, so really kind of jarring statistics there.
0: What do you think of the, is the most surprising thing to come from all of this uh, research?
2: Well, yeah, I was looking through it, trying to figure out, okay, we, we see 42% said, regardless of their religion or their beliefs, that it people, what they feel in their heart should be sort of America's foundation for right or wrong. And so you try to figure out, well, why is that? But Dr. George Barna, who conducted the research, he he wrote this, and I'm just going to read it because I think this answers the question. He said, stated differently 7 out of 10 adults, 71%, now contend that man rather than God should be the judge of right and wrong. So 7 <laughs> in 10 people looking to man rather than God. That's startling.
0: That's concerning. I mean that jumps off the page for me. I mean, we talk about this a lot on the podcast
2: about that very thing. Well, yeah. I mean, look, you've got <laughs> you've got billions of people in the world, right? And you've got Yeah. 310, whatever it is, million people in America, if you're saying that the way you feel in your heart should guide the moral foundation of the nation, you've got 310 million different hearts making that decision. That That's deeply problematic and unsustainable and impossible, which is why when you turn on your TV or you listen to this show and you hear stories, you're like, what in the world is going on? I think that actually tells us that we're living in chaos.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you can't possibly, I mean, and it's changing too, right? I mean, that's the other thing is that all of these values will be constantly changing over time. Um, what do you think this says about young people when you're looking at this?
2: Well, I think young people, there's another survey that came out from Summit Ministries today, um, yesterday actually. And this survey said that basically young people believe, very few young people believe in absolute truth. I think it was 42% of young people between 18 and 29, they believe in absolute truth. 55% believe. So the majority of young people believe that each person determines his or her own truth. So young people are the ones driving this right now. And I think it says a lot about us that we've created a culture in which they can't determine what truth is. Yeah. Very, very
0: interesting stuff. And um again, I mean, we've talked about the moral relativism before on this podcast a lot. And I think uh, I think this is evidence right now of a, of a problem that we have sensed for some time, guys. I mean, this is When you try to make your own laws, when you start trying to be the god of your own self, it's not going to end well. You're going to see confusion on very basic things, which we're seeing right now when it comes to sexuality, uh, when it comes to lifestyles, all of these things, it's becoming, we, we used to get away with it because by and large, most people generally, whether they were identifying as Christian or not would sort of agree with general things like, hey, maybe kids shouldn't be hypersexualized in drag shows and all that stuff. We all kind of agreed with that. So we got by. But now everything's up for grabs. And when you don't have that ultimate standard, we run into problems.
1: Well, I think the other thing too is we're acting as if each of these different social issues are happening in a vacuum, like they don't impact the other or they don't create a a huge overarching cultural problem, right? Whenever we're uh, talking about this sexuality thing, downstream from that obviously is the family. And if you don't have the family, uh, then culture from that end, you know, ultimately just starts to deteriorate and fall apart because at the center of uh, any sort of culture is the idea of a nuclear family. Obviously, it looks different, or a tribe. It looks different in different cultures. But we're undoing the very thing that has made American culture and Western culture what it is. But we're acting as if it's just this one little isolated thing. Well, he just wants to identify as she. What's wrong with that? Right. Like, well, down the line, when that person becomes an adult, uh, and we've got a lot of these people who have heard this message, and they're no longer valuing family and, and a, a married man and, and, and woman with children, all that stuff. We end up with a whole host of problems that we're not yet seeing. Yeah, we we're definitely going to keep
0: an eye on this because I mean this is a recurring theme that uh, we we often talk about on the podcast, and I think I think because it's critical, I think it's foundational. Um, if you don't, you know, by what standard? It's one of my favorite questions to ask when people make all of these you know claims of morality. By what standard? And it, and it all falls apart when you don't have an ultimate standard. I, honestly, me personally, I think that's one of the best evidences of God is the fact that we understand there there is right and wrong, that morality is a thing. And when you, re, when you start to go down that rabbit hole and you try to explain that, where does morality come from? Who gets to decide? When, when you see the flaws in a, in a materialistic worldview... Trying to get morality out of that, you just can't get there. You, you can't get there. And so I think it's one of the best evidences for God is to go down and have those conversations uh, and try to get to the bottom of it. So I um, appreciate you bringing that one, Billy. And that's going to lead us into our main thing here today. And I Will Survive singer Gloria Gaynor recently sat down with Trey to discuss her faith and the surprising spiritual encounter that jump started her relationship with Jesus as well as what it means to listen to God when he speaks. That's today's main thing.
1: To many, Gloria Gaynor is the queen of disco, but it's her identity as a follower of Christ that's most important. She recently spoke with us about a profound encounter she had in 1984 when she and her then husband were throwing a party. It was that watershed moment that changed the trajectory of her life forever.
3: Well, um. My mother had passed away um some years before that, and I kind of lost my moral compass for a minute. And um, and so I was, you know, I gotten into show business had started performing because I didn't have any fame or, at all before my mother passed away. And um so so I was kind of like in limbo uh morally mm-hmm. and kind of going along with whoever I was with and and all of that, I got myself in trouble and one night um the Lord literally grabbed me in my collar and said, That's enough. I was at a party, we had given a party in my hotel room, and um, people were coming in with drugs and all this kind of stuff. And I was ready to, to get in, in, involved, to indulge. And the Lord just said, No. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that He just said to the enemy, Not this one. And I didn't realize until a year later that, maybe even more than a year later, that I had. I, when I came across, I was looking through my mother's things, and I came across my baptismal certificate. And then the memories came flooding back as to when I had asked my mother to take me to church to be baptized when I was 16 years old. I told her I wanted to give my heart to the Lord. And, you know, he doesn't forget, even when we do. So, um, like I said, he let me run amok for a minute, but he, I guess I'm hoping it's. Become... <laughs> He just loves us so much.
1: She also spoke with us about the importance of not only hearing from God, but listening to him
3: when he speaks. Here's what she had to say. There is nothing more important. Nothing more important. I'll tell you another little story that that really, I think, brings it home. Years ago, I had a job trying to make this long story short. And I was taking a different route to my bus stop because it was a bus strike. So I was, to, to find a bus that was actually running, I had to go a different route. And I found myself walking under a trestle. It was pitch black darkness. I could see the other side of the trestle, but where I was, it was dark. And I heard the Holy Spirit said, stop now. And I stopped. I looked down and my toes were hanging over an open manhole. Yeah, it's that important to hear him when he speaks. Gaynor is
1: promoting her newest project, a Christmas movie streaming exclusively on Pureflix. The Thursday Night Club, which debuted on the streaming platform yesterday, marks Gaynor's acting debut. In it, the I Will Survive singer plays a doctor. The film chronicles the lives of a group of friends who perform a series of charitable acts for people
3: struggling with their own tragedies. I love this film, because, especially because it's young people who are kind of showing the way. And at a point in the early on in the film, one of the the fathers of one of the children tells the group, the Thursday night club, that they will each be shown a sign that will lead them to something that they can do to to share, to pay it forward. Um, And so, each one of them is so interested in what this is. And I love that they are interested and I love that they follow through with it because in this day, when we're so self-centered and so self-involved, we need that. We need examples of that. And we need to recognize that we, whether we like it or not, we're a family. You know, you can dispute it all you want. It's that's just the way it is. We're a family. And just like with your family that you know of that have the same name as you are, there are gonna be those that you like and those that you don't like. Some that you agree with and some that you disagree with. But we all ought to agree with mom and dad. So we all ought to agree with dad, you know, our heavenly father, because he only wants what's best for us.
1: You can learn more about the film at pureflix.com You can also listen to our full conversation with Gloria Gaynor on the Prodigal Stories podcast. All right, Trey, thank you so much for that conversation. That leaves us
0: with time for one last thing, guys, and I wanted to look in light of our earlier conversation at Hebrews 13.8, which says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And just, you know, that verse is just perfect as we're talking about the shifting sands of uh, culture And it's just whatever tickles your ears of the day, that's sort of where people go to as their morals. And we can look confidently to Christ and know that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever.
2: Yeah. He never changes. And I think when you're watching the culture get so crazy and you're watching the news and you're getting so frustrated and angry and nervous and scared that that's a verse that we should just have in the back of our minds. It's a good quick memory verse, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, and the world, like you said, is just shifting sand. So to have something that we can steady ourselves on and something that is a community of believers in your local church or your small group whatever it is that y'all can kind of come together on that principle and then that serves as the foundation for everything else that scripture says right uh, that the Lord is the same and he doesn't change uh, so we can know that whatever's written in those 66 books whatever changes in the world those things are not going to change at all
0: yeah absolutely and when you and when you look at God's values and the things he values they are the things that last for eternity. I mean, I think you can see that difference between the values of today and um, the things that God values. So uh, hopefully that's edifying to you today uh, in your walk. And um, as always, we appreciate you being here and Lord willing and that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more Friday juniors hitting us tomorrow already, guys.
1: God bless. See you then.